Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. When I was a kid, I was one of those sensitive types of child. It's a sensitive kid. The enemy whooped up on me and took advantage of that, but the Lord saved me, healed me, redeemed me. And let me pray for myself for a second. Lord, I see, I see some things tonight, right now. Help me to articulate with clarity. Help me to articulate what you're showing me right now and to equip these precious saints, the flock in your care. Help me to equip those that are listening, those that will listen at a later date. In Jesus' name. So, I would feel things when I was a kid. I would sense, you know, if you, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. You know, we all have different gifts. We're the body of Christ. And, you know, if I came into a situation or a home where there was violence, I could feel it. I mean, I got I could just feel it. I could feel peace. I didn't understand that. Then after I got saved, I had a, <laughs> I had so much trauma and defilement, I just needed to be healed of it. Then the Lord healed me and set me free. And then I began to realize that I would experience things when I'd be in a, a bank teller's line. I'll never forget, I was standing, it was Friday, it was payday, I went to the bank to cash my check, I was working for a sod company. And I'm standing in line, and all of these thoughts of drugs and a past life start hitting me again. I had done away with that years prior. Well, at least a couple years. I'm pretty new in the church, and pretty newly saved. So I'm like, oh man, I got to battle you again. You ugly foul thing. I command you in the name. And the Lord interrupted my authoritative prayer and said, son, I'm like, yeah, it's not you. I thought. And then he showed me, it's not you. So if it's not me, then where is that coming from? And I looked and I saw someone steeped in bondage about three or four people in front of me. And I thought, it's him. Now I know we were not against flesh and blood. Please hear me. I'm not saying anything evil against this man, but he was clearly in bondage. My eyes were open and I saw demonic things on him and they were affecting me like a secondhand smoke. And, and because I had walked with that kind of bondage in a previous life before I gave my life to Christ, it tapped, and, and it's almost like, do you remember what your mama's apple pie smelled like Thanksgiving? You're like, no, I don't remember that. Okay. Smells and fragrances can bring back memories. The same thing is true in the spiritual realm, that you can walk into a dimension where there's darkness or light. 
You can walk into a dimension where there's, where there's a dimension of darkness and all of a sudden it begin to remind you of the last time you were in that similar environment or around those similar spirits, if I can say it that way. So he said, it's not you, it, it, it's not you, son. In other words, you don't pray, you don't need to pray that that thing breaks off of your thinking because it is broken off, but you're in the, you're in the environment, you're in the, the atmosphere of someone who's under some serious bondage. And I live my life. Now, I, I'm sharing this for a number of reasons. One, I feel pushed by the Holy Ghost to do it. But two, it's not talked about that much. So in many places, there's chapter and verse, and thank God for the word. Without the word would be finished. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. But the, the things of the spirit, discernment, spiritual warfare, and and prayer and intercessory prayer and travail and learning to walk in a dimension of power as an intercessor. I'm an intercessor. And so is everybody else is supposed to be an intercessor. And some of you are going through things and it's, it's like you're brushing up against things and you're just thinking like, well, that's just a difficult day. No, not necessarily. You need to pray for discernment. I can, I can feel a change in the atmosphere when I cross over like county lines in the spirit. When, when we were turned to Hebrews, oh, somebody's gonna get awakened tonight. We were in Jerusalem. Yes, mine, please. Hebrews 5. Thank you, dear. We were in Jerusalem, my wife and I. We went into the city of Jerusalem, which was, I mean, I can't wait to go back. We went with a group of people, Minister Lori, and it was life-changing. And there's the Jewish quarter and like the Arab quarter. I'm, I'm probably, I'm not saying it right, maybe, but there was a line. I mean, there was a line across the, the walk where we were, the street where we were. So on one side, you're on the Arab uh, You step on the other side, you're on the Jewish side. Step in, and I'm not kidding you. We, we saw the line, we walked and walked right into a cloud, like a cloud of the presence and the favor of God on the Jewish quarter or the Jewish side or whatever it's called, forgive me. Quarter, do you remember? Quarter. We walk, and it literally was so dramatic for me that I stopped and went, whoa. Do you feel that? And my wife's like, oh my God, God, we just love you. I said, I'm gonna do that again. I'm, I'm doing that again. And I went back. And if the line was right here, Arab side, Jewish side. Arab side, Jewish side. So we walked across, we walked like right into the presence of God. And I was like, whoa. And we both stopped like, that's amazing. You were on my right side, I was on your left. We stopped, I said, I saw the line. I said, that, that's incredible. I went back to the Arab side, whew, gone. I had my own personal anointing, presence of God on me, in me, because we walk with him, we talk with him, right? But there was something very different on the Arab side. And we went back, whew, God. Went back, would lift. We did it a number of times and I said, that, that's, that's amazing. The Lord says that I'm opening the eyes. I'm opening the ears. 
I'm opening the heart, the spiritual heart, to awaken you, to quicken you so that you know how to pray and what to pray and when to pray it. So that you know when you walk into the presence of something that's dark, something that needs to be rebuked, you would take authority by the blood, by the name, by the word, by the spirit and command that thing to be broken. But then you will also know that when that thing is actually within you, that thing's in your thinking, that you actually have some part of your life that maybe is maybe polluted or, or defiled and the Lord shows you that and then you're able to take a, a stand against that thing. It's time. God is activating warriors in this hour. He's awakening the church. He's awakening his bride. He's awakening his people. He's awakening a church not to be apathetic and lethargic, but to be filled with discernment. Hebrews chapter 5. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. We have some announcements. I'm not sure what they are. <laughs> Welcome to Kings. Verse 12. For both, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come need Come to need milk and not solid food. Verse 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. And listen, there's nothing wrong with being a babe. There's everything wrong with staying as one. If a child doesn't grow, if a child doesn't mature, you'd run right to the doctor to find out what was going on. You'd be like, is there a nutritional problem? Is there... Come on, your baby burps wrong, you're, you're praying in tongues. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. And let me just tell you that at full age has nothing to do with your actual age. It has everything to do with maturity. What is maturity? Well, let, let's look, what is, what is it to be full age? That is, those who by reason of use have exercised their senses, exercised to discern both good and evil. That is discernment. The gifts of the Spirit walking in a dimension of power and authority requires you exercising the authority that you have. And if you don't learn to exercise the authority you have, you'll never grow up. So I am so proud of you. I see something on you, AJ, that's unique. You have a unique call from God. You've known it all your life. I prophesy to you, son, that I'm going to make you, the Lord says, I'm making you into a great leader. Amen. Come on. You've been a leader. There's always been people that have come to try to talk to you. I mean, like elementary school, middle school, sports. You've always been somebody who would come and lean, lean on you. You're, a, you're someone who changes the very atmosphere of where you show up. And if there's darkness that's on you, then it's almost like the room goes dark. But if there's, a, if, there's, if there's light on you that has been like in these past months now, then that's what happens in that room. And the Lord says, I've made you to be a rope holder even for a generation. I've called you to be a burning, shining lamp. And I'm putting my, my hand upon you and I'm going to quicken you even as you've been really a supernatural gifting to be able to learn language. There's other languages that you're going to learn. 
and I see you taking missions trips. I see God raising you up to preach, pray, prophesy. I see God putting things in your hand. I see God elevating you. You say, what? Just simply because you've got a heart like David. You always keep that. Keep that. Keep that, son. Keep that. A heart like David. Humble, broken, transparent. God's elevating you. He's raising you up. Oh, you say, how do I do that? Just stay in love with Jesus and keep saying yes to God and no to the enemy and no to anybody who wants to pull you aside. There's tests. The Lord shows me there's some tests that are coming. But you don't need to worry about it um, because he'll show you them. Your prayer life is beginning to explode. Your dream life is beginning to explode. And I'm going to show you things before they even arrive. I've already given you some warning. And some of the things that tripped you up in the last season of your life will come again, but you'll have authority over them and you'll step over it. There used to be mountains, but they're now molehills, and you'll step over those. I'm teaching you authority. I'm teaching you the word. I'm teaching you submission. I'm teaching you the power of my presence, the authority that I've given you in prayer. I'm raising you up. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. No one like you. You stand alone. Stand alone upon your throne. Oh, no one like you. No one like you. No one beside you. No one beside you. You stand alone. You stand alone upon your throne. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Activity. 
touch from heaven. The 
seated a lot of announcements but they'll mess me up so let's continue to worship and give tonight ushers would you help us mm. different ways to give. When there's an atmosphere like this, it's a great time to sow. Soil determines much of the results of seeds. Man, it's good to be home. Father, thank you that we have the privilege to partake in releasing your kingdom. You give seed to the sower. God, you've so graciously provided for us. 
and are continuing to do that. And we declare through this covenant act of returning our tithe or sowing a seed into the project, Zek, which will be done with shouts of grace, grace to it. We declare your plan, your provision, your blessing over our lives, your protection, a rebuking of the devourer, supernatural favor, supernatural increase. God, thank you. Open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, not have room enough to receive it. Bonuses, raises, promotions, inheritance, supernatural favor. Houses that we didn't build and vineyards that we didn't plant. We're blessed in the city. We'd be blessed in the field. We'd be blessed going in and blessed going out. None of the diseases of Egypt would be upon us. No COVID-19. No outbreaks. We push this thing back in Jesus' name. We're covenant believers. None of the diseases of Egypt will be upon us. Exodus 15, you are the Lord our God that healeth thee. Continual present tense, you are our healer now and now and right now and right now and right now and forevermore. You never change, you're in you, there's no shadow of turning. Release your power, your healing, your protection, your blessing. The blessing of the kingdom of God be upon you and your family and your home and your finances. God, thank you that the heavens are open, the devourers rebuked, and the time of favor has come. Can you say amen? Ushers, go right ahead. I'll do the announcements. So give me a slide. Let me see if I can do this. If you're new here, we're so glad you're here. Anybody new here, you're new here, we're going to greet you in a very special way online, 16, 10 a.m. We're going to give you a big God bless you on three. One, two, three. God God bless you indeed. Number of things you want to be attention, pay attention to. Discover tracks, all new, amazing time they had this morning. Be a part of that. We have a Friday night revival service and we've moved to the youth a number of weeks ago. It's wonderful to have Minister David back with us. We've prayed much for you. Yeah, you want to avail yourself to this, HeartReach? We're, we're, for, we're for babies. We love babies. We hate abortion. HeartReach is an amazing organization, so you'd be praying for that. Anniversary, 14 years. Not yet. Next week. I think it was it next week. October 6th, we've been here for 14 years, 21 years for the whole church, and um, here in Alaska, that is, and we'll be celebrating that on the 11th, I think that's next weekend, so got a video, and it'll be fun, we'll have a great time, celebrate what God's done. Oh, Dave Reaver is one of the great storytellers of all time, and I remember being in services when I first gave my heart to the Lord with Dave Reaver in Maui, and what an impact his, his stories had on me and the faith. You do not want to miss this, and you want to invite every first responder there is to be a part of that. We're going to honor them on that Sunday. Glow Show, October 30th and 31st. It's a Friday night and a Saturday night, and uh, there's posters. Why don't we get those out? We need word to get out. Would you help us with posters? If you, if you want one of those, you want to hand those out, probably have handbills and all of that. Yep, let's go ahead and pass out posters. Would you put those up at your nearest grocery store or wherever you can? Just make sure you ask first. 
Don't touch the mailboxes because that's a federal crime. Let me say that again. Don't touch mailboxes because it's a federal crime. Amen. You can touch a mailbox, but you... Anyway, I better move on. Hallelujah. Thank you. Well, what else should we do? Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? I have a whole prepared message, and um, I'm not certain that I'm supposed to do that whole thing. So, uh, media people, I, I just love you. You guys are amazing. Thank you for your hard work. I may or may not use you. All right. I got married on December 6, 1997. And I got married. It was so supernatural. And only my wife and I really know how supernatural it was. And we got married, and we've been married for 23 years. This December, it'll be 23 years. Yeah, and you know, that's not 50. But 23 is decent. That's good. Come on. It was amazing in our first service. We've, we figured that we had 100, over 150 years in, in marriage wisdom in just three couples. They'd all been married over 50 years. It's amazing. Amazing. When I got married, we, we got married. I meant my vows. The Lord was there. And, um, but I didn't know her as well as I know her now. I didn't know her as well as I know her now. So the day that we got married, we were married. How many of you know we got married? We're just as married now as we were 23 years ago. However, I know her much better today than I did 23 years ago. I'm, I'm pretty certain I heard music just now. Was that just me? Was that heaven or was that you all back there? Bless you. Thank you. We're good. I want to share for just a couple moments, first of all, powerful front side of the service, and now just to, to share and to encourage you. And when you receive Jesus and you are born again, 23 years later, if I could just use the illustration of marriage, you walk with the Lord. You're, you're still born again, but hopefully you've grown. So marriage is a beautiful illustration in that I'm just as married today as I was 23 years ago, but, but, but our relationship is much deeper, broader, wider. I know her way more than I did 23 years ago, and I'm more in love with you tonight than I've ever been before. Now you're supposed to say that about me. Go ahead. 
All right, media team, are you ready? I know I said it wasn't going to be easy, but I changed my mind. Turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Okay, on cue here in a second. Do you remember when this COVID thing hit? Is it March? I mean, there was like a crushing blow of supply and demand. You couldn't get Purell, Purell, or what is it? Purell. You couldn't get Purell. And there are these two clowns that tried to corner the Purell market. Did you all see that? They bought container loads of Purell. And then they tried to, you know, price gouge everybody. And they got, they got in big trouble for that. And everybody was wiping down everything. And, and honestly, there's many that are still doing that. And we do that here. And I'm not against that. But wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing that if you treated your walk with the Lord... What would it be like if believers saw their lives as having to be completely sanitized before the Lord and dealt with every bit of spiritual virus, dealt with every bit of demonic COVID-19 assignment, do you understand what I'm saying? Dealt with the hatred and the jealousy and the the strife, that dealt with things that, that allowed for their hearts to be sanitized by the blood and walked in purity, you know, what, you know what would happen? We'd have a great outpouring. Stand up on your feet, take your Bibles. James chapter 4 and verse 8 on the screen now. Draw near to God, and he will draw near. Let's all read it. It's up on the screen. New King James Version. Are you ready? On your marks, get set, go. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Father, I pray, move in power in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to say sanitized. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, have you been sanitized? Go ahead, tell them. Try not to spit on them. Watch out for droplets. Say to the other side, The other person, have you been sanitized? I'm not talking about Purell. It's the great invitation from heaven. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It's the greatest invitation. I love being invited places. I love being invited out to eat. I love being invited out for lunch. I love being invited to parties. But the greatest invitation, the greatest invitation of all is James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Understand in the hearers of this, in the the first century, I just preached on it not long ago about approaching God out of Hebrews. It's, It's deep theological ramifications to understand that you can draw near to God. Because for Jews, they understood you can't draw near to God unless you're the high priest. And we just celebrated the Day of Atonement just a week ago. It could have been that James was thinking of of Psalm 24. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Psalm 24. So if you're going to draw close to God, if you're going to answer this invitation of James 4, you have to have clean hands and a pure heart. And there's no Purell, there's no Lysol, there's nothing that can do that for you except the blood 
of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and say, oh, the blood. This process of being sanctified, I want you to see this, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 in the New Living Translation, it says this. Now may the God of peace make you holy. And that's what really James is talking about. Cleanse your hands. You're going to come near to God. You're going to have to be holy. Now there's only one way to be made holy, and it's by the blood. But when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, his blood cleanses you from all sin. That's the instant marriage part. It's instantaneous. But then the walking that out, the walking that out is a process called sanctification, which I've found a lot of people don't build an altar of, they're big on the altar of justification, but they don't build an altar of sanctification, which is actually becoming more like God. I said it this morning, God loves you just the way you are, and he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. So in the marriage illustration, I, re- I received Karen as my wife. She received me as her husband. We made vows till death do us part. We meant them between us and God. We're just as married today as we were back then, but my relationship with you is far more profound now than it was when we first got married. That is absolutely the way that your walk should be with Jesus. If your walk has gotten dull, if you've gotten some spiritual virus, you need to be sanitized. Now may the God of peace make you holy, the first Thessalonians 5:23. In every way, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the day when the Lord Jesus comes again. The New King James says it this way: Now may the God of peace sanctify you. Sanitize and sanctify. Well, we'll just call that really kind of the same thing, if I can tie that into what's happening around the world. Being separated from the world and set apart to God happens immediately when you receive Jesus, but the process, uh, uh, the, that process is called sanctification. Turn to John 5 and 24, New Living Translation. Once again, it's on the screen. I tell you the truth that those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but have already passed from death to life. That's instant. Yet we practice spiritual disciplines of reading the word, praying, going to church, being accountable. But this process of becoming more like Jesus, there's some people that threw in the towel. They stop or they get hindered. Hindered in their growth. There's two aspects to holiness. If you're taking notes. Belonging and becoming. I'm going to put it the way that you've never heard it before, not for me anyway. Belonging and becoming. Belonging is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's how you, you become to belong. Becoming like him, that's the process of sanctification or the process of being made holy. Belonging to God. Come on, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that the, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Everybody say, my body and my spirit belong to God. I'm, I'm not sure you really got that where you needed to get it deep down in your knower. So why don't you say that again? My body and my spirit belong to, belong to who? I'm sorry, who do they belong to? 
Yeah, you belong to God, so you can't just go and do whatever you want to because your body's no longer your own. Your spirit is no longer your own. You have given your life to Christ. He owns you. He redeemed you. He purchased you. Psalm 100, verse 3. We're supposed to honor God with our bodies because we belong to him. We're supposed to honor God with our lives because we belong to him. Psalm 103, New Living Translation again. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. Come on, say, I am his. I am his. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel, who formed you. It says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, I, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God knows how to care for who belongs to his. You need to break fear off of your life and know that if you really belong to him, then you've got not one thing. Even the lilies of the field, they don't, they don't spin and they don't toil and the birds of the air, they don't worry. Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like any one of these. Who of you can add one cubit to his stature by worrying? God owns you. He, he purchased you and he loves you, the apple of his eye. You're the apple of his eye. The object of his affection. And you know, knowing him, leads to imitating him. The closer you get to God, the more you'll be like him. That, that's the process. There's belonging, which we just talked about. That's the process of becoming. You know, I've found when I'm in services, like, like this one, something happens in me. I mean, I've been doing this for decades and not as long as some of you, maybe longer than others, but the truth is when you come into the presence of God, something happens to you. And you get less of a taste for the world, less of the taste for the flesh. There's this, this power of God comes on you. He soaks you, saturates you, he fills you, he touches you. I don't want to go to church on Sunday morning. I mean, seriously, if you go to church on Sunday morning, an hour and 15 minutes in the first service, which was a miracle, I want to say that. Somebody said, I don't believe in miracles. Well, you obviously haven't been around here long for me to land that thing in an hour and 15 minutes. A miracle! <laughs> Give more time for some fellowship. And that's why on Sunday night, I don't really care what time it is. It's 7-Eleven. Some of you need a fresh beverage right now. Lift your hands to heaven. It's 11 minutes after 7. Go ahead and take a drink of your beverage. Oh, that's glorious. Amen. Whoever spilled this over here is going to get spanked. Can you imagine spilling something on your carpet at home and not cleaning it up? Lord, would you just deal with this person? It wasn't you, Pastor Kirsten, was it? Wow. Wow, can I see that? That's amazing. Is that okay? Can I see it? Is that all right? Look at that. 
That's somebody who gets in the Word. Wait a minute. This is a love note to your wife. <laughs> Come on, someone say, I belong to God. Belong to God. You belong to Him, but you become like Jesus as you serve Him. Get in the Word like that. Got notes all over that thing. Things underlined so much. My God. It's a sign of a, a, a Bible that looks like that is a sign of a well-fed soul, is what someone said. There's three primary overarching themes in Scripture. One, humanity, rebellion against God. Been writing a paper on that. Appreciate the Hagerty's KSM. He's in school working on getting his doctorate or master's or something. Writing papers on six-page paper on sin. That'll that'll help you out right there. <laughs> Humanity's rebellion against God. Number two, God's plan of redemption. And uh, number three, how we, the redeemed, should then live in light of that. Those are the three overarching primary themes in scripture. You're a sinner. God redeemed you. How are you going to live now? Can I just put it in just like plain English? You've rebelled against God. So have I. God made a way for you to be redeemed. Now, how are you going to live after you need to repent, receive him? Now, how are you going to live? That's those are the three overarching. Am I right? Three overarching themes in scripture. Hebrews 10, 29 talks about the sanctifying or the sanitizing power, if I could say it that way, of the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 5, 26, John 17 and 17 both mention the sanctifying or sanitizing power of the Word. See, when you read the Word like that, this is not the Reader's Digest. It's not the Encyclopedia Britannica. When you read this, it does something in you. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. When you memorize, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, some of you got all kinds of nonsense going on, and the reason is because you never spend any time in the Word. You're like, preach, pastor, to somebody else because I'm all good. 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1, verse 2, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, mentions the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy, I want you to go to this one, but they'll put it on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible or your device tonight. I know you have your device, though. So. 2 Timothy 2, 19, on the screen, please. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. I'm not sure you heard that, so we're going to go ahead and read it again and go back to verse 19. Are you ready on your marks? Get set, go. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Verse 20. In a wealthy home, there are some utensils are made of gold, some of silver, some made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. God wants you to sanctify yourself. Watch this. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special, you, come on, somebody say I'm a special tool. <laughs> ah, 
Raise your hand and say, I'm a special utensil. Yes, I'm a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. Will be what? Clean. Come on, say it like you mean it. Life will be clean. And you will be ready for the master's use. You for every good work. Leave that up. Some of you, the way you live, you're ready to be a chamber pot. It's a medieval terminology, which I'm not going to define for the sake of tonight. <laughs> Stinking funny right there. Chamber pot. That's, that's good. <laughs> Let's have a praise break. I'm not feeling the love for some of you. you know that Hey, guess what? God called me to be a chamber pot. No, he didn't. Chamber pot. The Alaskans would know that as a honey pot. God wants you to purify yourself. If you, when you receive Jesus, come on, it, it, this foundation stone that were his, and those that are his cleanse themselves. You cannot say that you're his. You cannot call yourself a Christian and keep living the life of a chamber pot. You can't call yourself a Christian and stay a honey bucket. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Brother Bucket Mouth. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It Yeah, not yellow snow. White as snow. The blood, the word, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. These God has given us to live holy, pure lives. Don't tell me you can't do it. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. You can be sanctified. You can be set free. <laughs> yes. God didn't pick you up to let you, so that you'd run back to the very thing that knocked you down. It's right there. God didn't pick you up so you could run right back to the thing that dropped you. Some of you keep running back. You need to be delivered. Titus 2, verse 11. But the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not feeling it again training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright godly lives in the present age I don't think you can handle the rest of what I got to say And we're like, it's too hot in here. It's just too hot. <laughs> Lift your hands to heaven. Worship team, come on up. God has called us to live pure lives before him. Some of you have so much influence. It's from the world and from your flesh and from allegiances and alliances that are not of God. And you wonder why you have no power. You wonder why you smell like a chamber pot. You wonder. (laughs) 
Oh, you, you, you've received Jesus. Praise God. And if you haven't, well, again, we'll remedy that. But if you're just to receive Jesus, and that would be it, then you would croak. Your carcass would hit the ground the second after you made a profession of faith, and you'd go straight to heaven. So there must be something more than just receiving Jesus. And I don't want to diminish that because that's the greatest miracle there is. Translated in one moment, believing on the Lord, all your sins are forgiven. You're made spotless. You're married. And if I don't pour into this precious woman and I don't serve her, I don't pray for her and comfort her and protect her and keep her and provide for her. I'm not going to have much of a marriage. I happen to have a great marriage. Isn't that true? Amen. Amen. Oh, it's not that we don't go through difficulties and struggles. and We have arguments and I have to repent. We have loud fellowship occasionally. Some of you aren't growing in your walk with the Lord like that, though. I mean, if I, if, I never, if I never took you on a date, if I never asked how you were, if I never helped you, if I never... I mean, what kind of a relationship would we have? Dude, I'd be on the couch. For starters, we'd move further away from the house after that. You should see all the marriage. You should see people like holding hands. Again, look at this. It's cute. It's cute. Look at that. Oh, like. That's the way it should be with your walk with Christ. Jesus talks about that. You're the bride of Christ. Got to separate from worldly impurity. Got to live devoted to God. A couple scriptures and we're done. First Peter 2.11, dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners. What are we? Temporary residents and foreigners. What does that mean? That means that you're just passing through. We went to get gas, you know, for the car. <laughs> and and I don't know where we were. It was an unusual place. And uh, I mean, serious backwater town, like sticks times two. And you know, you got out and I was just like, okay, we are not blending in right here. You know, had my cute little jeans all rolled up in my white shoes and had my little sweatshirt on, you know. And everybody else is covered in grease. Like head to toe grease. Farmers and some rough crew. 
not, not the farmers, or some other crew that were, they're kind of like, you know, you walk in with your hand on your wallet, hey, what's up? And this lady said, you passing through? I said, oh yeah, you're passing through. You're not from around these parts, are you? I said, no. I'm a foreigner. <laughs> and I love country and I'll roll in Greece and, and, and eat ham hocks and everything else. I, I, I mean, I, I love the country. I'm not saying that. The picture is I was clearly not from, I needed to, ch I needed to get my car hearts on. You know, I needed to change. I wasn't blending. But you know something? As a believer, let me just say this. You're not supposed to blend. I was clearly from another place. Clearly. And people are like, he ain't from around here. That's right. You're not supposed to blend. You're supposed to, your life is supposed to be like a burning, shining lamp. Your life is supposed to be beautiful and wonderful and walking in the fear of the Lord with power and authority. Your life, when people see you, they should say, oh boy, you gotta stop cursing. He's here, she's here, stop cursing. Hey, hey! We're foreigners, we're, we're, we're aliens. Temporary residents and foreigners key to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Two more scriptures, 2 Corinthians 7, verse one. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile your body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. Oh, put that one up. You're good. Good job. Come on, let's read that again. Let's read it again. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. The fear of God is the beginning of understanding. And if you'll learn to fear the Lord and learn that you belong to Him and learn that, it, that you, you were instantly His when you received Him, but now you have to work out this walk of sanctification, becoming more like Him. I'm just as married as I was today, as I was 23 years ago, but my depth of relationship with my wife is infinitely deeper. We've been through things. We've got history. We've got, we, we, we know how to overcome. We know how to conquer. We're a fearsome team. God, help any devil that tries to run up on us because we're going to, by the blood of the Jesus, the power of the word and prayer, we'll take authority over that thing. Come on, I'm telling you, you can make it. You've been born for such a time as this. Don't try to blend in. Cleanse yourself from the former things and now be used for noble purposes. Step away from the things of time and tradition and let the fire of the Holy Ghost fill your soul. We need a revival. Revival, a reformation will come through people who've cleansed themselves from sin, who no longer try to blend in, but will pick the power, the fire, the blood of Jesus to change a generation. Can you say amen? Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Thrust your hands into the heavens and call on his name. Come on, call on him. Last scripture, 1 Peter 1. Verse 14, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways. 
of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. If you have defilement in your life and you wanna be free, if you have things that in your life that you just need to be cleansed from, get out of your seat, come to the front right now, confess those before the Lord. You don't need, you don't need me, you don't need a priest, you are a priest. You need to come boldly before him and just tell him, I don't want this anymore. Some of you struggling with porn. Nobody's gonna come now, now that I said that. But if you're desperate, you will. You're struggling with greed, anger, resentment. Struggling with confusion, anger, strife. You just want more of God. There we go. That'll, that'll help everybody. Everybody, you just want more of God. Come to the front. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.